On today's episode of Pulsar, we explore one of the oldest applications of science in the history of humanity. There's evidence that our ancestors were brewing beer over 9,000 years ago, and though the technology has improved, the basics have stayed the same. I'm your host, Eric O'Day. Thanks to Facebook Boston for supporting this episode of Pulsar. Joining me to answer your questions about the science of crafting beer is Shelley Smith, the Brewing Innovation Manager at Sam Adams. Shelley, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So why don't we start with your background? Tell us how you got into brewing. Sure. I actually got into the beer industry right out of college, which was pretty fun. I went to Iowa State University and earned my degree in chemical engineering. And I was at the engineering career fair and learned I could make beer for a living. And I said, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do that. So yeah, I've been in the beer industry for a while now. I've been with Sam Adams for the last little over seven years, moved out to Boston for the job, and it's been great. A lot of fun. And what kind of roles have you had as a professional brewer? I started here managing product development for all of our brands. And then in the last few years, focused specifically on beer development. And then just recently, I moved into a new role as the Brewing Innovation Manager, managing innovation and the brewing side of operations at our tap rooms, both the one downtown Faneuil Hall and also our tap room in Cincinnati, Ohio. Now, brewing beer goes back so long into our history. As you find yourself trying new things and using new brewing technology, what hasn't changed in all that time? You know, I think what really hasn't changed is kind of the basis of what beer is all about, right? It's still built on those four kind of key ingredients. So hops, malt, yeast, and water. You know, in Sam Adams specifically, we really have our roots in that Reinheitsgebot, which is the beer purity law from Germany, which states that you can only use those four ingredients to make beer. You know, we still think about that, and that's kind of what we were built upon. Obviously, now we're looking at a lot of innovation, specifically with our tap rooms and really building that out. But I think, you know, it's still about kind of that art and science basis of what beer began as. I love that because it really is something that is equal parts art and science. And thinking about the flip side, what things have changed the most in brewing with thousands of years of technological advancement? (laughs) Oh, man, there's so much. It's hard to think about what's been the most critical or, or really impactful. But, you know, I think in general, it's really just all those advances in automation have allowed for so much finer control over every part of the process, you know, from temperature control throughout the process of your mashing regimes or your fermentation temperatures. We've really been able to reduce the variation, really replicating things and just have so much more data available. And I think the other added benefit is that it's been, you know, able to improve safety specifically for the brewers. You know, we have a lot of new ways that we can add ingredients and things that aren't requiring people to climb up on tanks. Yeah, I think the advances in technology have been awesome and I think continue to really improve the industry. So we asked museum visitors and our listeners what questions they had about the chemistry of brewing beer. And a lot of people wanted to know more details about those core ingredients that you mentioned. Our first one is from Tom and he asks, if water is a main ingredient, what water makes the best beer? Does any water work equally well? Great question. Not exactly. The first part that's really critical to think about is that it has to be of the highest quality. Finished beer is going to be 85 to 95% water. And so any off notes that are in the water that you're using are going to show through in the beer. So it's really critical that it's clean, clear, free of sediment, neutral tasting, but also has the right level of minerals. So, you know, specifically at Sam Adams, we're using water from the Quabbin Reservoir. So it's really high quality water to start with. 
And then we're going to carbon filter it. You want to make sure that you remove chlorine or fluoride or any other organic compounds that you don't necessarily want in that final beer. And then from there, we can adjust, you know, different chemical levels, the calcium level or other minerals that we may need. But yeah, I think the most important part is making sure you're starting with the highest quality water. So really thinking about the properties of water from a chemistry perspective before you even start brewing. Yeah, absolutely. And the other piece of that is doing sensory. We'll actually taste water throughout the process. Anytime water is going to touch any part of it, we're making sure that we're tasting it, ensuring it's sensory neutral. So next, we have a question from Jake, who wanted to know the difference between malt and hops and what each contributes to a beer. So why don't we start with the malt? Yeah, sure. So malts are going to contribute the flavor, also the color, the mouthfeel, and then they're also going to provide the starches, which are obviously critical to the fermentation process. If you think about some of the different malts, you know, a lot of the base malts are going to be lighter in color. So typically, these are going to be roasted for a shorter period of time. And what that's going to do, it's going to give you a color that's more typically straw to maybe gold in color. And then in terms of the flavor impacts, it would be notes like cracker or biscuit or white bread, things like that. Malts can also be roasted for a longer period of time. And when that happens, they're going to become darker in color, but you're also going to get different flavors. So you may get notes of caramel or chocolate, coffee, things like that, even all the way up to like burnt toast, just depending on how long they roast it. So typically a beer is going to be built primarily on that base malt of those lighter malts. And then darker malts are typically used a little bit more sparingly, really just to add some of those other notes and some color. Not going to be the majority of the grist bill for the most part. So it sounds like you can do a ton of different things with using different malted barley and different roast times. What about the hops? How do they differ? So those are actually a flour. The barley is a grain and then the hops are a flour. And they're going to contribute bitterness and aroma. They'll also contribute flavor. It depends on where they come from in terms of what those flavors are going to provide. But it could be anything from kind of nutty or spicy or herbal. I think, you know, one of the other cool things is hops can actually really give pretty intense citrus or fruity tropical notes. You may taste a beer that tastes like it has pineapple added, but really that could just be coming from the hops, which is pretty cool. That's so cool that a flower can give you so many different flavors. You mentioned that the place they're grown is important, and we did get a question from Steve about exactly where the hops are grown. Thinking specifically about Boston Lager, Germany. So they are two noble hops. So they're Hallertau Middlefru and Tetnang Tetnanger. So Jim Cook, our founder, goes to Germany every year to hand select those hops. And it's really important that they come from that region due to the terroir of the region. So this is a concept that may be familiar in the wine industry about how different grapes coming from different regions can kind of pick up those notes from the terroir. And it's the same thing with hops. So the unique soil and climate of the Hallertau region, which is where the Hallertau Middlefrew hop comes from, really give it that special flavor. So it really provides that distinct like peppery spice and herbal and citrus notes and, you know, the pleasant bitterness. The hops from that region are regarded as some of the highest quality. They're known for being the ideal German hop for lagers. And so we think it's really important to use those hops specifically. And to wrap up with the ingredients, we need to talk about the yeast. So Scott asked us, how much chemistry goes into picking exactly the right one and getting it to do exactly what you want? Great question. Yeah, there's definitely a fair amount of chemistry that is going into the entire fermentation process and monitoring that. One of the cool things I think about Sam Adams is that we actually have a yeast doctor as part of our brewing team. He has a PhD in yeast from Weinstephan, which is a German brewing school. 
and is a great resource um, when we're looking at new yeast strains and really dialing in on exactly what flavors and aromas we're looking for from that yeast. Yeast does have a pretty significant impact on the final flavor and aromas of a beer. So it's really important that we're both picking the right yeast strain, but also thinking about what's the right temperature, what's the construction of the wort that we're doing to really dial in all those pieces to get the final beer that we're looking for. And our final question from someone on our social media, you get to do this for a living. What's your favorite part about brewing? There's so many. (laughs) You know, it's just an incredible industry to work in. I absolutely love working for Sam Adams. I love the people that I work with. I love what I do every day. And it's really so much fun to blend kind of the art and science aspects. You kind of get to use both sides of your brain and, you know, really think about the technical aspects, but also think about flavor construction and how do you want to bring all these, what could be considered four pretty simple ingredients, but bring them together in a way that produces just an awesome, incredible beer. And one of my favorite things is sharing a beer that, you know, I've worked on or, you know, helped to develop and being able to share that with friends and family is really special and something I really enjoy about the job. Awesome. Well, I'm sure many of our listeners would love to try some of your brews. How can they test them out? We do have a lot of fun innovation brews happening, both at our Boston Brewery, which is in Jamaica Plain, as well as at our tap room downtown, which is near Quincy Market. We definitely invite people to come check it out. That's a great way to see some of the new innovative beers we're working on, some different research projects that we're working on. And it's a great chance to be one of the first people to try some of our new beers. Well, Shelly, thanks so much for coming on Pulsar and answering our questions about brewing. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. If you've got more questions about brewing, send them to us at sciencequestions at mos.org, and we'll answer them on an upcoming episode. Until next time, cheers, and keep asking questions. Audio clip courtesy of Alexander.